I think for me, one of the issues with overeating and binge eating was it was such a secret thing. It was like my private thing that I did away from the world for myself on my own. I didn't tell my partner, I, I hid it from my family. And it felt like this dirty little secret I had that I was a secret binge eater. And part of being able to get past that and build through the guilt and to realize actually it's not a big deal that I thought it was and it's not anything you need to be ashamed of was to talk about it and I had to just put my hand up and go hi I'm a binge eater I have these moments where I do this and I've learned to accept it I still do it now it definitely hasn't gone away no. I've learned not to feel bad about it I've learned not to beat myself up about it I don't feel any shame or guilt attached to food anymore. And it was going through that process of learning to separate out my emotions from my behavior that made it improve and made me be able to get past the little episodes of binge eating much faster than I used to be able to. Slimming Storage is branching out. I've created a Facebook group and over the next couple of months, I'll be building a community starting with live Slimming Story conversations. This is your opportunity to feature on one of the upcoming podcast episodes and share your weight loss journey. Are you with me? All you need to do is just click on the link in the podcast show notes or search for Slimming Stories within the group feature on Facebook. I would love to see you there. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Slimming Stories. I'm your host, Claire Olin West. How are you? I hope you've had a great week. Are you feeling are you feeling lighter now things are opening back up and you're able to do normal things i saw that local pubs were quite busy at the weekend and and the shop's been open i've loved that i must admit i've loved being able to just go to a dress shop it's been delightful absolutely loved it and i really wanted to talk to the fact that running is really something that's helped me these past couple of weeks and you know lockdown is lifting we're able to get out and about and do that in a safe manner. But the fact that we've probably spent many months indoors, around the house, restricted, I guess. Maybe not the we couldn't get out, but maybe not really feeling that buzz. But now the sun's out, I just feel that there's a nice vibe about that new beginning, about, you know, that like post, post-Christmas vibe, like I'm really going to get stuck into it and, and do things and change things up. And I decided to start doing the Couch 5K again. So contacted some of my friends and I said, you know what, I know you work and it's busy. So why don't we just get started and do a morning run? We could do the Couch to 5K, meet up, you know, the three times a week and just get it done. And you know what? It, it's been amazing. It really, really has been amazing. And if you listen to this, switching off because you're thinking, oh, my God, she's talking about running. I don't want to run. I've got no intentions of running. I can't run and all of those things that go with running. And I know it, it can seem really ambitious to pick up a pair of trainers and get yourself out there. But I really wanted to home in this week about how doable that is. My guest, Fiona Rowley, was way back when, I believe it was episode 12, spoke about how she lost weight and discovered running and just the, the benefits of running she talks about a weight loss journey she talks about the benefits of running but she doesn't just talk about this I think when Fiona does speak you can really tell that she's really passionate about this and she wants to kind of spread the word I guess about how accessible this is too and it's not that she found it super super easy so if you're not a runner listen to this episode thinking well 
yeah, that sounds great, but don't talk to me about running, then I think that this episode will be really good for you. So Fiona talks from the beginning of, of going out for those runs and choosing to run and also about the mindset around running that I feel that's really, really important at the moment. You know, we've had we've had those moments, haven't we, of binge watching Netflix and getting lost in a book on a sofa. But there's so much more that needs to be done around COVID and keeping ourselves strong, keeping ourselves healthy, keeping our minds active and and running is a really great thing, whether you run in a group or on your own, you know, get lost in music. There's so much benefit to running. So here's introducing Fiona Rowley to a rerun of her slimming story. So pleased that you was able to make it. I absolutely adore your Instagram page. You're such an inspiration, I think, to many, not, not just myself, to many, just the fact that you've been able to get in shape and keep fit and to me running can be quite tricky so if you just want to start by explaining what's been happening and what's changed in your life. Well it all started kind of when I was approaching my mid-30s um, I'd been overweight all my life and I got to the point where I was thinking is this how it's going to be forever is this me forever um, I've been trapped by my horrific relationship with food for as long as I can remember I was a complete binge eater and um, I used food in all the wrong ways to manage my emotions. And I was just sick of it. I was just sick of being trapped in the cycle of binge eating and, and many, many repeated failed attempts to lose weight. And I just really got to the point where I, I was saying to myself, is this me? Am I just going to be overweight forever? Is this the life I want for myself? And I reached the point where I realized it wasn't that I needed to fix it and I needed to do it in a way that I could actually do it forever. Mm. So I started Slimming World. It definitely wasn't my first attempt at Slimming World. Um, I'd done it about two years before. And on the first attempt, I lost about three stone in weight and, and loved the plan. Um, absolutely adored it and could see it working because it was a plan that wasn't based around restriction. Mm. It was a plan where you can control what you eat, you can eat your appetite and you can lose weight. The first time I did it, I lost three stone, got complacent, was kind of happy where I was, stopped going to group. And then gradually over the next year, as always happens, the weight just gradually went back on. So when I started this, I think it was in 2015, I decided that I was going to go back to Slimming World. I was going to look at ways I could manage my emotions in different ways. And I decided I wanted to try and build in some exercise and some um, some ways of looking at stress management in a different way. And so I started to run. And the two together over time have been really successful for me. And I've managed to lose five stone in weight and keep it off, which has just been amazing. It's It's been absolutely life-changing. Wow. I mean, five stone is a, a large amount of weight to lose. And and, and to run as well, to, to make that connection, the exercise and stress management, it was a great way for you going forward yeah. rather than using food as, as, as a comfort to help you manage your emotions I think that's a a key factor for, for many people I feel that walk through those doors it definitely didn't start that way it was something that happened gradually over time when I chose running um, it was just the same as all exercise when you're overweight you think what can burn calories what can I do that will burn calories to help me lose weight faster 
So I picked running. I had a couple of friends that were running and I talked to them about it. And I thought about it for so long before I did it, thinking that I never, ever would be able to do it. I mean, I couldn't even run for a bus when I started. (laughs) And um, I downloaded the Couch to 5K plan committed to doing the three runs a week. And I mean, I remember doing it in the park on the first run, that first 60 seconds of just light jogging. And I was doubled over, bent, gasping for breath, thinking, oh my goodness, I'm never going to be able to do this. But the program is brilliant, the way it builds up over the weeks. And before you know it, you you can run for five minutes, you can run for eight minutes. And then that first week you do the first 20 minute run. It's just unbelievable that in such Mm. a short amount of time, you can build up that little bit of consistency and that little bit of stamina to be able to get through those 20 minutes. And very much, I think, at least for the first year, running for me was about the weight loss. But then as I settled into running, the running took over and it became just so much more to me. Um, Over time, I began to look forward to it and I realised, oh, actually, that endorphin rush I get at the end of a run that's made me feel really good and it's empowered me and I've been able to do something I never ever thought possible and I've been able to achieve something and it kind of all the negativity associated with being overweight all the things that you constantly tell yourself that you can't do Mm. running over time just gradually unpicked them one by one because by each run each distance each race I did I just proved to myself time and time again oh look I can I can mm. do these things. I, I can enjoy exercise. I, I can be healthy. I can go and do what other people do and feel normal doing it. Mm. And it just flipped everything I believed about myself on its head. And it very much became the thing that I needed to manage my stress and to manage my emotions. And, and it just, it fed so much positivity into my life at that time mm. that it just took over from food as being the thing that I was using to manage my emotions. Wow, that that is that is just amazing. I'm so pleased that you've been able to to find that and, and make that connection and running for a lot of people that have uh, you know not particularly athletic or yeah, in, honestly, yeah. I'm not an athlete, athletic person at all. <laughs> uh, but but for myself, when I when I started to run and I tried or made the effort to run, I was always the last person in the school race for running, basically because I couldn't run because I used to laugh so hard at the thought of myself running I just couldn't run and but I, I couldn't run fast anyway and I don't know what it is about running I don't know if it's because if you ask people to do anything you know you can go to the gym can't you there's club size there's yoga out of everything I think people feel that running is that one thing that either you can you can do or you can't do and for most people I think the thought of getting your trainers on get your sports bra and go for a run is just such a, a massive terrifying. thing yeah, yeah it's terrifying isn't it it's just terrifying yeah and and if you like me I think that the reason that I do love your Instagram page so much is I've got around five stone to lose and I also started running but then I had an injury um so I totally know where you're coming from when you say that that first bit of running that it was such a lack of rush because you do it don't you you think oh my god I've run for five minutes and I can still yeah. breathe it's just that what what is happening what, what what changes with running it's just it's magical Certainly it's, it's how quickly you progress over such a short amount of time I think that's what the program teaches you is actually if you do just commit dedicate 
and say to yourself, do you know what? I'm just going to do this. It very quickly teaches you that it can be life changing. So you mm. go in four weeks from not being able to run to being able to run for five whole minutes. And for me, that was such a huge achievement. Absolutely. I remember the first time I did the five minute run, I thought it's never going to happen. I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. And I actually jumped up and down on the street near my house, clapping myself like an idiot because I thought, like, oh my goodness, I've just run for five minutes. I needed someone to pop out of a bush and take a photo of me as a record <laughs> that I'd actually done it. And wow. but then you look ahead at the program and two weeks later you're running 20. And it's mm. it's such a short amount of time, but that little bit of commitment, that little bit of dedication to just getting it done proves it's worth time and time again. Absolutely. And I'm sat here in my little office outside. I can hear um, Storm Brandon, I think it's called. Yeah, there's a storm brewing. And for those listening who are thinking, wow, that, that sounds amazing. Uh, maybe they'll go onto your Instagram when we put it at the end and, and think, wow, she's lost an amazing amount of weight. I would love to run. How can somebody get into that mindset at this time of year to just just make a start? Um, it's definitely not easy. I think January commitment is is one of the most challenging months of the year to run in because it's dark, the weather's horrible, and you do just have to say to yourself, do you know what? I'm just going to get it done. And I think the thing that I told myself at the start was it's actually it's three days a week and it's three half an hours. Mm. And if you can't commit that to something, then I think most people can. You just pick your days. No matter what the weather is, you're only half an hour away from a nice warm shower. Yeah. You put your gear on, you go outside, you will get wet. It will be windy. It's probably going to be dark. But you just say 30 minutes is all I need to do. And at the end of eight weeks, look what I'll have achieved. And that in itself is just worth it absolutely so do you decide um the night before that you're going to go for a run do you plan this as like like a date to yourself is this your self-care that you plan and you stick to like you would to meet a friend for example is this something that you're so committed to that you make the time um when I started I definitely did I picked my days I did Monday Wednesday Friday I got home from work and before I even sat on the sofa or made a cup of tea running kit on I went back out of the door and I did my runs when I was learning to run um I'm currently in half marathon training and I'm trying to get back a little bit of consistency in routine so again I've picked my days I'm saying right Tuesday Thursday those are my running days so I'll make sure that I leave work at a decent amount of time or if I know I've got something after work and a commitment I'll actually get up in the morning before work and go and run then just to make sure that those two days I get the runs done Brilliant. and I'm really working hard at the moment to get that level of commitment into my training as I train for my next half marathon absolutely I think for for anybody who has run a half marathon it's not an easy training schedule is it? it's quite can be quite demanding and no. yeah so so do you do any other form of exercise or to help with the running or is this the one form of exercise that you do um, when I was losing weight, it was just running. All I did was running two to three times a week. I ran. And in the last year, I've picked up doing yoga as well as a form of exercise. And um, I've been going to a hot yoga class and right. I absolutely love it. Um, it was it was, again, another thing that I was scared of because you listen to different yoga classes and you think hot yoga going in, getting sweaty with other people. That can't be pleasant at all. But actually, it's brilliant. And it's it's another one that's just really good for your mind as well as your body. Um, I go to one that's kind of in a pod and um, you just step into another world. You get a whole hour to yourself where you just switch off, relax. 
the heat actually adds to the experience and um, it just deepens the relaxation and it really benefits the running having such a really um, structured so kind of stretching and relaxation program as well the the hot pod yoga that's come to my local town um, I wasn't actually aware that they set the ambience within the hot pod so if you just want to describe exactly how that feels when you when you walk in and, and what the atmosphere is like to somebody that's never tried yoga let alone hot hot yoga yeah it's it's like it's an inflatable dome they have a zipped open door and as you walk in you lay your mat out on the floor the lighting is all dimmed it's it's really deep purple it's got the they have the music playing in the background they heat it to 37 degrees and um, it's humid as well um, they spray essential oils when you're in there to help you relax and then as you've all got settled the teacher comes in and does the class they mix in bits of massage alongside the yoga and they go through different yoga moves and different structures of classes and it's it's a really dynamic yoga where you can build up a sweat and you can really kind of put in a bit of cardio alongside doing the yoga practice and at the end it's deeply relaxing and they come and do little bits of head massages and it's it's possibly one of the best classes I've ever been to. Wow and is, is the class at different set at different levels or can is one class for all? It's one class for all that's the brilliant right. thing of it. Um, so you can go as a beginner and you can join in and they they kind of tell you different levels of the different moves as you go through. So you can do it from a beginner point of view or you can do a more advanced stretch and pose within the class. And then as you've been to several classes, you kind of learn the structure of the class and how the flow is going to go. And you can build up and do some more advanced moves as you go through. At any point, if you're a beginner, you can rest. And the teachers are really hands-on, so they'll come and help you in your positions and correct your moves. And it's it's just amazing. I love it. Brilliant. And I think definitely while your muscles are being heated and the stretch from the yoga is definitely a, um, a complementary exercise for, for running, because I think that stretching is so important, isn't it, that when you are training, um, that you're making sure that you're getting those stretches in. Yeah, very much so. Um, running can be quite, um, it can make your muscles go quite tight. So it's really important to prevent injury, to get a good stretching routine alongside your running routine, especially if you're building up miles or if you're running consecutive days. It's really, really important to stretch out your muscles. And actually yoga does core strength and it does arm strength and it does other things that help balance out to make you a better runner. So by building better core stability and better flexibility, it will actually make you a stronger runner. So it helps stretch out those muscles, but actually it just improves your overall fitness and your overall strength and stability as well. Fantastic. So with regards to the, the eating, I just want to go back a little bit and just unpick how your habits were around your eating. And, and I don't know if you've listened to any, any of the episodes, but I'm a yo-yo dieter. I have done, yeah. Have you? Okay, gosh, yeah. I'll cringe now. So I go up, <laughs> I go down. I've had an issue with my food probably since I've been about 11 and sometimes I've had years where I can control it I've had years where I can't control it and then I think most recently 2019 was there were some really uh, tricky moments in my life last year and all of a sudden I, I gained two stone in in excess to the weight I was already carrying and I think that kind of made me stop and realize that you know I need to do something because my health was at risk it was it was no longer about oh, I want to get into a size 10 or a 12 it was more about I'm walking up the stairs and my knees are creaking yeah. so what was life like for you with your weight your excess weight of five stone it was very much like that um 
my knees hurt all the time. I found it difficult to go up and down stairs. Um, I think it was the tiredness. I was just chronically tired all the time. I'd come home from work at 4, 4.30 and have to have a sleep on the sofa before having dinner every evening. I just remember feeling tired, stressed, and just over-reliant on food as a way to get through the day. Mm. Every opportunity I had where I was feeling kind of too tired or too stressed, I'd binge on sugar and know I was doing it, but I had no other strategies for which to cope with it. And no. Um, and again, I mean, I mean, I'm a primary school teacher, so it's a fairly active job. And I was just aware that I was tired and exhausted all the time. And in order to get through the day, I was relying on sugar and caffeine to do that and just becoming more and more unhealthy. And yeah, I just, I just thought age 35 is this, I can't, mm. I can't have this be my life. I can't feel like this every day forever. I needed to do something about it. Was there a particular moment or event in your life that that, that made the decision that you, you needed to do something? So so just to paint the, the picture, you, you know, you're in school, you're teaching, you're busy, you, you're doing everything that you think should keep you awake, having the coffee and the sugar. Was it just the clothes that didn't fit or was it just a general feeling of, of feeling grubby and lifeless? It was, I think, I remember I'd, I'd been to that Slimming World class a couple of years before. And what really triggered me was realizing that there was a way I could do it forever and be successful at it. So I'd always done other forms of weight loss before, um, ones where you have to count your calories or mm. you have to restrict all your eating. And I was definitely brainwashed into thinking that the only way to successfully lose weight was not to eat and to starve yourself. Mm. And after many, many failed attempts to do that, I just gave up and I thought, do you know what? I can't starve myself. I need to eat huge amounts of food. I've got a massive appetite. I need to eat. And if there's no actual way of doing that and being healthy and, and weighing less, then this is obviously just me. I'm just an overweight person. This is just who I am. And then when I did that Slimming World class and I lost those three stone, I kind of realized actually with, with the plan, the way the Slimming World plan works, you can eat food. You can mm be a healthy weight and still have big portions of food and eat to your appetite and it was eye-opening it was the first time I realized that actually all that brainwashing of you only need to eat 1200 calories and get through the day or you should only have salads for dinner mm -hmm. none of it was true you can actually eat big platefuls of real food and eat like a normal person and lose weight and I think that one of the triggers for it was at the time I started that first attempt my mum also joined where she lived separate class okay. I stopped going three stone in put my weight back on but my mum kept going right and she got to target she's Gosh. in her 60s <laughs> she was walking around in skinny jeans I went and stayed at her house for a couple of days and watched what she was eating and she was still eating huge platefuls of gorgeous food and yeah. I was thinking actually it is all possible all you need to do is do the plan Mm. Don't race the numbers, don't chase the scales, don't push for losses, don't cut corners, don't play mind games. My mum was a very slow, methodical loser, half a pound, a pound, half a pound. But she just played the long game. And over time, she committed and it came off. And I just looked at what she'd done kind of after my first failed, well, it wasn't really a failed attempt, but when I gained the weight back. Yeah. And I thought, she can do it. She's eating food like that. I want to eat food like that. Do you know, if I just do this properly, I could do that too. 
And that's really what prompted me going back. I had an awful Christmas. I'd binge my way through it again, feeling miserable, feeling mm. controlled by food, feeling sluggish all the time, gaining even more weight than I had before. I got to that January in 2015, looked at my mum and thought, Do you know, it's time. I just need to fix this now once and forever. I'll play the long game. I'll go to class. It can take as long as it takes. Mm. I'm not actually going to focus on being a size 12 or losing the pounds. I'm going to look at my relationship with food and see if I can work out where I'm going wrong so that I can fix all the little things I need to fix to be healthy forever. Yeah. And as soon as I started doing that and started really reflecting and staying to class and talking through all the issues and I started the Instagram at exactly the same time and the Instagram was brilliant because I was definitely someone that needed to talk about it all. I needed to talk about binge eating. I needed to talk mm. about those days when it all went wrong. And no one in my family really wanted to listen to me talk about food all day long. But through the Instagram, I was able to get out all my thoughts and all my feelings. I was inspired by other people. I was motivated by other people. I could share my experiences. And it was very much part of the journey, just being able to talk it all through and use it kind of like therapy as I went through the weight mm. loss. And over time, I was just able to work through the issues one by one. And it wasn't easy and it didn't happen overnight. And it was definitely a series of small steps and little lessons that I needed to practice and forget and then I practiced them again and over mm. time it gradually became habit and I was able to to get to where I am now. I think it's it's wonderful how you've been able to use Instagram in a, such a positive way because it can be seen as quite a negative light out there can't it but I think it is and I, I do feel that I do see the horrendous before and after photographs where people are breathing in and you see the ribs and <laughs> you just think just try and be real it's lovely to to see your journey on Instagram and, and being so real and, and being quite vulnerable really and open about how you're feeling and how these issues affect us and I think it's very refreshing and that's what we need to see and you're a, a role model for other people out there especially the the younger generation that are on Instagram looking at everything that's so filtered and and picture perfect it's, it's lovely to see somebody just being honest about their journey I think I think for me one of the issues with overeating and binge eating was it was such a secret thing it was mm. like my private thing that I did away from the world for myself on my own I didn't tell my partner I, I hid it from my family and it felt like this dirty little secret I had that I was a secret binge eater mm. and part of being able to get past that and build through the guilt and to realize actually it's not a big deal that I thought it was and and it's not anything you need to be ashamed of was to talk about it and I had to just put my hand up and go, hi, I'm a binge eater. Um, I have yes. these moments where I do this and I've learned to accept it. I still do it now. It definitely mm. hasn't gone away. No. I've learned not to feel bad about it. I've learned not to beat myself up about it. I don't feel any shame or guilt attached to food anymore. And it was going through that process of learning to separate out my emotions from my behavior that made it improve and made me be able to get past the little episodes of binge eating much faster than I used to be able to because you very quickly get stuck in a negative cycle of mm. binge eating and self-hate and beating up on yourself and that just leads to feeling bad which then leads to overeating mm. and in order to break that cycle of negativity you just have to really accept what your behaviors are learn from them look at it positively and think okay that happened today so what little difference can I do tomorrow to move on from that? And talking about it through that Instagram account and being real about what I was going through 
was just very much a process I needed to do to help myself learn. And mm. the separation of the emotions from the eating was such a key factor in it being yeah. successful. So since you've been able to control your weight and your eating habits and you've got this fantastic resource of running, have you encountered any periods where you've something's triggered you? Maybe something's happened within your life that has pushed you over a little bit and maybe you've had a couple of weeks where you, you felt that, you know, the, the feeling of being out of control is creeping back. Has, has anything like that happened? Or All could the you... time. Really? All the time. Yeah, it oh. never goes away. No? Um, I yo-yo up and down the same stone all the time. Okay. Um, I definitely go through kind of three or four months where I won't have an episode of binge eating at all. And then I maintain kind of close to my target weight and everything goes along really happily. And then for whatever reason, whether it's something going on in my lifestyle or whether I'm going through a period of busyness at work, the old habits do come back. And mm. I'll go through periods where I gain a few pounds and... I'm definitely relying on sugar more than I know I should be. Um, and I just let it happen, to be honest. I don't mm. fight it anymore. No. Um, I kind of accept that I'll go through some months and some periods where I'll need to use food and rely on food like I used to. But I also know I've got this little safety net wrapped around me that imprinted in my brain now is the plan. Mm. I know and trust the plan. So I'm not fearful of gaining a few pounds. I know that in the future, whatever's going on, whatever's stressing me out will hopefully stop. And mm. then all of a sudden I'll be able to get back on it in the way that I know I can. And those pounds will, will drop back down, but I'm forever cycling up and down. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think, I think that's just part of life. And I think that's how, how it's going to be. I don't think I'll be able to just stay at a weight and stick no. at the same weight. And it, it, as you say, it has, has to stop being an enemy. It has to be something that's just you go through periods where it's okay and you go through periods where you're kind of eating a bit more of the processed food through necessity or over-reliant on sugar. But then on the flip side of that, I know I'll go through periods of being really good with my choices and that will see those pounds fall back again. Have you found that on the, on the weeks where you've not got the food in, you've not got the prep yeah. that you struggle? Very much so. So when it's, it's one of the things that I have to be really mindful of is the weeks where I'm quite complacent and I think, do you know what? I'll be fine this week. I've got a couple of things in and if not, I'll just swing my way through the rest of the week. Those are the weeks where it kind of definitely falls by the wayside midweek. You'll get halfway through the week. You've eaten all the food that you've got in the house. And then if you've got nothing good to go to that's enjoyable to eat, those are often when I have my little slip ups or I'll start snacking right. rather than having dinner. And um, yeah, being prepared and being organized is definitely a priority. I menu plan so I think ahead to the week and I write down all the dinners I've got that I can have and then whether or not I stick to it kind of goes day to day um, and then I'll go through periods when I do write a diary just to kind of remind myself what I have eaten during the day but I don't actually do that on a daily basis anymore but I did very much so when I was losing. And what what do your family think looking on at the weight loss and how you've changed with your eating habits and with your fitness have they has it all been positive from your family have you had the support very much so yeah um we've become a little family of slimming worlders now <laughs> so 
quite quite a few members of my family are naturally overweight. Um, my mum's gone through and she's a target member and she's actually become a consultant and she runs her own groups now. Wow. My dad's managed to lose weight successfully during the group and it's it's kind of affected quite a lot of our immediate family members and the extended family and they've they've all enjoyed some level of success and we've all become healthier through doing it. So it's been a fantastic thing that we've all done. Brilliant. And for anybody listening that would love just to to make a start because I think we've, we have that kind of surge don't we in January where it's like let's go let's go but I, I do feel that's kind of that's pushed forward because we've eaten so so much over Christmas we can't actually you know face chocolate or we can't face the, the extra sugar so somebody listening to this what would you what piece of advice could you give them to to just a start I think it's very much the beginning when you start you've got to decide what you want to do it for what are your reasons and what's your motivation for losing the weight is it you just want to lose a stone is it about numbers on a scale do you want to have a look at how you're eating do you want to unpick some of your behaviors around food and very much for me I had one goal which was I want to eat like a normal person Mm. because I hadn't for as long as I could remember I hadn't eaten like a normal person I didn't have a normal relationship with food and that was all I wanted was what everyone else had was to eat normal plates of food and be normal with food. Mm. So when I started, I wasn't focused on losing a stone or being a size 12. I just wanted to have a normal relationship with food. Mm. So part of that got me through the January motivation, the February motivation and those initial stages where you have a really good level of success. It's after that, it's when you hit the March, April time and you're thinking, oh, I'm kind of bored of this now. I miss all the the food I used to eat. Mm. It's looking for motivation then that will keep you going. And I think just decide what you want to do, why you want to do it, and then never give up until you've got your goal, whatever that goal may be. Right. Fantastic. And for those that are inspired by today's session, and I think you've been such a lovely guest, how can they find you on instagram what's your instagram page i am fiona slimming world diaries right great and what i'll do is i'll put that in my uh write-up for, for itunes and spotify and everywhere else that you can find me so thank you for joining me today fiona it's been lovely thank you very much for inviting me and i do think that anybody listening to this will be inspired especially with the, the running and i certainly would if anybody's listening out there just look at this page and to me, Fiona looks like somebody that's never had an issue with weight <laughs> at all. She looks super fit. She's done in and she's done such a fantastic job. Thank you for joining me today, Fiona. Thank you. Thank you. So there's a bit of an old cliche saying, you know, if not now, when? So maybe if running is something that you've thought about and that you've been tinkering away at the idea of, then maybe now is the time, you know, I think this is the ideal time to run if that interests you. You know, got the fresh mornings, gives you that buzz and it helps you to get through your week. And trust me, I know it's a labour of love and I know it's about starting, but just start, just get yourself out the door and just give it a go. You don't have to start running. Maybe, I don't know, you have to walk to a park to do your run and maybe just, just walk to the park and start your run where you feel more comfortable where it's out of the way maybe you go with your friend or your your family member there are so many ways that you can actually start just to run and I do believe that clubs are a great way forward and you know I've made some fantastic friends in run clubs you know they are a great way to socialize to 
there's such a benefit, I believe, to running for your mental health. I don't run for my legs, I run for my head. It really does help clear your mind and we, we really need that now, we really need it. You know, you know, summer's coming, I've had a really nice weekend. I'm fairer than fair and I've been out, <laughs> I've been out in the sun and um, I'm literally like freckle upon freckle now. So there we go. I hope that has helped inspire you. Do let me know how you go on if you do decide to run. And I'm really excited for when they open Park Run because, yeah, that's just a, a lovely way to start a Saturday, I believe. And <laughs> if you're listening to this thinking, no, I can't think of anything worse than getting up and going running. Trust me, just try it. I think I probably said that way too many times. So on that note, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. If you're new to Simming Stories... And if this has been recommended by a friend or you've just stumbled across this, please consider subscribing and reviewing over on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast episodes. I would really, really appreciate that. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, take care.